G'day guys, welcome to Finding Space. I'm your host, Alex Tyson. Do you ever have those moments where you might read about it or you hear about it or maybe you've experienced it yourself where an idea kind of pops into your head and you go, hold on a minute, why is no one doing this? And you do some research and you look in your area or in your country and you hold on, this idea that I've just had or I've just come across, no one's doing it here. And then you just realize the infinite potential that lies within that idea, whatever it might be. Well, today, I'm lucky enough to talk to someone who experienced that exact thing and then chose to go for it, 100% commit to bringing her idea to life. Today, I'm speaking with Christy Baird. Christy Baird is the director of Drip IV. Now, who's Drip IV? They are the first company in Australia to start offering IV infusions, vitamin infusions. Now, as you'll hear in the interview, Christy went over to the States, to LA, of course, the mecca of the forefront of health and well-being and physiology, and noticed that lots of people are doing IV infusions. Comes back to Australia and says, hold on, why is no one doing this here? And after having noticed a significant change in her physiology, she decides to start offering IV infusions in Australia. And in today's episode, we go through her journey of starting a business, being in the women entrepreneurial space, starting in those early days, what it takes to get through that, and then how she scaled her business to now the biggest IV infusion company in Australia with over 100 locations. Christy is the winner of the 2021 Entrepreneur of the Year in Australia and the 2022 Businesswoman of the Year. Her mindset is impeccable. I love her approach and just enjoy listening to someone at the top of their game, succeeding in business and also offering something that is kind of unquestionably doing good in the world. And so I give you Christy Bed. Christy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. How did you get started with Drip IV? It seems like the IV space kind of came out of nowhere. And in a lot of ways, that's because of you. <laughs> and I'm curious how you got into that space and how you ended up creating what you have. Yeah. So I come from a background of having cosmetic injecting skin laser clinics. So I did that for about 10 years in Sydney and Canberra. And I have a lot of friends overseas. Uh, I did a trip to LA and discovered IV therapy over there. I actually was quite sick for quite a while. So I had glandular fever when I was 13 um, and then running crazy hours during a business degree, I then developed chronic fatigue, um, which is pretty debilitating and you know, you've really struggled to get the hours in that you need to, to operate a business. So yeah, I discovered a treatment in LA and I was there for about four weeks. So I probably ended up getting about seven or eight treatments over there and felt human for the first time. And honestly, like 10 years, mm-hmm. um, you forget what it's like to feel, you know, healthy and full of energy like we're supposed to. So yeah, it's so common over there. It was like going out to get a cup of coffee, you go get an IV drip, no one blinks an eye. So coming back to Sydney, I could not find anyone that offered the service. So I kind of really had this gut feeling that this needs to be everywhere. Everyone needs to know about this. I obviously did did a huge amount of research on the studies that are backed behind IV therapy and vitamin therapy. 
So I kind of sold everything I had and put everything into Drip IV. That was four and a half years ago now. Amazing. Yeah. And was it like a full kind of light bulb moment or did it kind of happen over a few weeks? Full light bulb moment. Right. Because I searched everywhere and I could not find anyone that offered the service. And seeing how easy and convenient and streamlined the process was in LA, I thought, this has to be here. You know, we're so behind in Australia sometimes when it comes to alternative wellness op- options. So definitely a light bulb moment for me. Yeah. Wow. How long did it take to start to get things happening? Like, can you just go and buy like the high dose of vitamin C and then just like start injecting people? Like, I feel like it's a bit more to it than that. It, there was definitely a, a huge kind of three to six month planning process of, you know, planning, uh, hiring doctors, nurses, you know, the back end of the compounding, the legalities of things. So it definitely took a while to kind of get everything up and running just so that everything was starting right off the bat, you know, legal and streamlined as what I'd kind of experienced myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine there's a lot of hoops to jump through as is unfortunately often the case to sell products and services that actually help people in Australia. Yes, definitely. They um, did not make it easy, but yeah, we kind of found the right system and the right team to get us started. So I kind of started in the eastern suburbs of Sydney and then we kind of branched out all over Sydney. Basically, as soon as our website was live, we started getting inquiries from Darwin, Melbourne, Mm -hmm. Perth, all over the country, other countries as well, um, New Zealand. So I kind of, within six months, set up most states of Australia. We were a bit of a traveling suitcase team for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't even have an office at this space and now we have a huge office and warehouse. So yeah, it kind of all spiraled really. What was it like in those early days when you were just trying to, for lack of a better expression, get shit off the ground? Were you traveling to states and like, I guess, doing some marketing there to let people know, hey, we're going to be here for a period of time? Like, yeah, what did that all look like? Yeah. So it kind of started with myself and a few nurses hired in Sydney traveling for probably the first, I'd say, three to six months. And then it was, okay, we're busy enough in these locations to actually hire nurses. So that's when we hired employees in each different state and we kind of had launch days and media days as we went on with our PR team when we first started in the early days and it really just kind of ballooned from there. Like had you finished your business degree at this point? Yeah, yeah. I was already operating businesses prior to this. Yeah, okay. So you kind of figured the business side out of it first and then this came along and you're like, I know exactly what we need to do here to execute. Yeah, I think no amount of study you do, every business is different. This business was entirely different. It was really kind of creating systems and processes as we were going and as we were getting clients' feedback. I think, you know, no amount of a business degree is going to help you create a business. Amen. It gives you the background knowledge, but I think you have to learn and grow as you do with your company and adapt and and learn. I'm constantly learning every day. Mm. Very wise words. I often say to people like, I don't have any degree. You know, I was at uni for a year and a bit doing engineering and business. Mm-hmm. And I just remember looking around one day being like, I'm going to be deeply unhappy if I just keep studying and like working with the people that I'm studying with. And those are the people I end up working with because I end up in that industry. Yeah. And so I left with 
you know, no real business, I guess, practice or learnings and just started, you know, you just kind of like get into it and figure it out. Exactly. And I don't think it's a necessity these days. I think there's so many entrepreneurs popping up that have, you know, they haven't even finished school. If you have the will and the drive to do it, it doesn't matter what, you know, qualifications you have. It's the drive behind someone, I think. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And so, like, what was your kind of earlier childhood like? And who were the people that you were looking up to? Like, were business owners in the family or... Like, I'm curious of the story there. No, so I come from New Zealand. I did not come from money. I did not come from anyone that was in business. I kind of looked at my parents' life and thought, that's not the life I want. I don't want to have to struggle to pay bills. So I was pretty stubborn and determined from a young age, leaving the country when I was 18. I knew that I wanted to create my own life. And I'm very grateful for the way that I was brought up because I don't think I would have that drive if that wasn't the case. We come from a big farming family and yeah, no one was really business savvy. I didn't get taught those skills at school or anything. Sorry, when did you come to Oz? Uh, When I was 18. So close to 16 years ago now. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of, when Drip IV started, you kind of hustled for a bit in the first part and just figured the ropes out you know, learned a bunch of stuff. And then when did you open your first proper clinic outside of Sydney? Probably seven or eight months after launching. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we started doing licenses as well. So we started that within our first year and that's how we kind of had a bit of a rapid growth as well. And then we found some really like-minded businesses. It's all about networking as well to kind of partner with and push our brand out there. We did a lot of media in the first couple of years. So TV, publications to get our name out there. So that really helped. Okay, cool. And now how many are there around Australia now? Uh, We have 112 locations around Australia. Cool. Two more coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, we're really trying to get this in every location. We have a huge amount of inquiries come through for locations that we still aren't operating in. So, even though we have grown into this big machine that we are now, we still have a lot of plans for growth, not just in Australia, but overseas as well. Yeah, cool. Is that something in the short term overseas or is there still a bit of work to happen there? Our main focus this year is we're doing a lot of franchising this year. So we are franchising all across Australia, but we do have a few locations overseas that are in the works. So um, that may, you know, happen towards mid to end of this year. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So tell me a bit about what actually happens in like a drip IV center. Like when you go in there, what's going on? Like, how does it work? Uh, you might disagree with this, but in my mind, it's it's pretty in vogue at the moment. I think there's still a lot of people who haven't tried it before, or don't know what they're in for, don't know what it's about. So, yeah, tell me a bit about that. Yeah, of course. I mean, I remember when we first started, everyone was like, what is this? And we really did a lot of education about what IV therapy was because it was so new to Australia. As you said, you know, there's places popping up now, so it's definitely much more heard of and you're seeing everyone kind of do it now. But when we first started, it was more about education and and teaching people what the benefits can be. So kind of the process is we have mobile services. So we either come to your home, office or hotel, and we have clinic spaces as well. So we 
we here at our head office have our customer service team who will medically screen and book all the clients and they are then seen with a nurse for a nurse consultation over the phone. The nurse will kind of work out, you know, if we need to get prior blood tests, if we need to get consent letters from their treating doctors, our nurses work with our doctors on prescribing them the right treatment plan and all of that's done before the client's even kind of booked in. And then once our nurses have all that information, everything's kind of already set in stone for them. They'll carry out the treatment and that's either done, you know, at one of our clinics or at a mobile at at their home. And so that's just literally sitting there with an IV in your arm hanging out, right? Yeah, so we have treated well over close to 60,000 patients now with nil contraindications because at the end of the day, we are administering vitamins. We're not administering any S4 medications. So, you know, we get a huge amount of testimonials every single day come back. Unfortunately, we can't post them because of TGA advertising laws, but <laughs> um it's kind of really what drives our team. You know, we have people crying over the phone that are just so grateful that it's really changed their health and their life. And yeah, it kind of what, you know, keeps our team so driven because we're so excited about hearing all these amazing feedback from our clients. This episode is brought to you by Found Space, Australia and New Zealand's premium infrared sauna company. Ready to sauna? Ready to take your health to a higher level? Make your home a place of wellness with Foundspace. Visit foundspace.com.au or foundspace.co.nz to learn more. What can we do about, maybe this is just a personal beef, but like what can we do about, as you just said, some of this stuff might or can really help some people and yet there's hoops we've got to jump through, a bit of red tape with the TGA. Is there any way that, like what can we change in our society to be able to share some more of this stuff that is perhaps a little bit more alternative Instead of you just being like, oh, we just changed this person's life and we can't tell anyone about it. You know, we can't share what they presented with, which could be a whole range of other people that Mm -hmm. their life could change if they used a product. Like, how can we work through that? Look, that's a really good question for the TGA. Um, (laughs) Let's get them on. (laughs) It's really, really tricky because we have filmed testimonials. Like we don't pay people for this. This is them really wanting to preach about what their experience has been. So it's really kind of disheartening in a way that we can't because someone similar could be dealing with a similar issue. I mean, chronic fatigue, I'm just going off what I had. I know how wrongly misdiagnosed I was. The first thing they thought is you're tired, you can't get out of bed, depression, and diagnosed me with antidepressants. I wasn't depressed and going on antidepressants makes you even more tired. So it exacerbates the problem. So yeah, I mean, we have all these amazing stories where it could really help a lot of people if they knew about it, but we can't share it. You know, a lot of it's word of mouth. Our nurses spread, you know, a lot of information to our clients about, you know, obviously confidential, but particular stories that may be similar to theirs. So we do have a lot of our clients are word of mouth, really. Mm. Yeah. Some ways it's the best way anyway, to be honest. Yeah, it is. It is. But yeah, we would love to be able to share. And we have so many that we would love to be able to post all over our website and social media, but we just can't, unfortunately. Yeah. Same in the infrared sauna space. Yeah. Shout it from the rooftops. Oh, I'm a big, I have an infrared sauna at my house. I have a hyperbaric chamber. I've got, yeah, all the good stuff, ice bath. Do you have, uh, I was going to say, like, do you have, like, some 
stash of vitamins that you can just hook yourself up with. But I guess you just go into the shop, right? <laughs> yeah, I get a nurse to do it for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm very big in the wellness space. So biohacking, I'm constantly researching. And I was connected to a symposium that they had in Harvard a few months ago. I think I had to get up at 2 a.m. or something, but it was so interesting to watch about biohacking and how to stop cellular aging. It's only going to be a space that's going to become bigger and bigger. COVID was huge for us in a way that I think it changed people's mindsets that they have to look after their health and their immune system and their well-being. So, you know, COVID was obviously horrible and, and really bad for a lot of businesses. But for us, it was great because people's mindset changed that you need to keep your immune system strong. So, mm. yeah, it was actually a really beautiful thing that came out of COVID where people were forced to kind of look at themselves um, yeah. psychologically, physically, yeah, uh, even in their vocation. Like, what am I doing? Is this actually what I want to be doing with my life, you know? And yeah, a real theme that came out was just general health and well-being, you know, looking after the body. Yeah. Okay, you got hyperbaric at home. That's cool. Uh, they're not so easy to get. I'm curious, like, what's your kind of routine? Like, if you're saunering, ice bathing, how do you kind of go about that? I had a quick sauna this morning. I try and at least sauna three, four times a week. I try and do a full routine at least once a week. I just feel so much better for it. I actually find when I have a sauna at nighttime as well, I sleep so much better. Mm -hmm. A lot that goes up in this head every day um, with work. <laughs> so it's a good way to kind of tune out. But yeah, I mean, I even have friends that I get to come over and, and experience it because I've never tried one before. So I could talk to you all day about wellness and biohacking. <laughs> <laughs> Are you taking any kind of, I guess, lesser known supplementation like NMN or resveratrol or any of that kind of cool stuff? Yeah, I used to take resveratrol a lot, NAD supplements I take, NMN. I am working on my own supplement range as well that has a lot to do with biohacking that doesn't really exist in Australia. A lot of it you have to get from overseas. But again, that's just navigating the how-to. Um, yeah. So hopefully that will happen this year. Cool. But yeah, there's so much that people don't realize how we can be taking supplements that actually work. A lot of the supplements on the, on the market these days you don't even have to put exactly what's in there. There's not a lot of guidelines to supplement industry in Australia. So, yeah, really telling people what's in it. There's so many fillers and, you know, products that shouldn't be in supplements these days. So I think it's, again, it's just an education thing. It's kind of the other side of the sword, like the TGA comes down and you guys sharing stories and yet you can get away with putting so much stuff into supplements and there's no regulation around it. <laughs> yeah, it's a tricky one. Okay, so you touched on it a moment ago, you you know, you're busy, you've got a lot going on. How do you kind of, aside from, say, sauna and ice bath, how do you kind of defrag at the end of the day and just stay centred when you're managing so many team and such a big business? Because from my experience, it's easy to get caught up in it all and you kind of lose yourself. And if you don't have those routines really strong, it can be easy to put yourself second. Yeah, and that's what I did wrong for a number of years. I was doing it a lot last year, working crazy hours, you know, 18-hour days, sometimes six days a week. I don't really kind of tune off. I'm always on call, you know, any day, the hour, weekdays, weekends. So I kind of did get myself into a bit of a bad habit last year of working too much and not taking care of myself. So that was one of my biggest goals this year is to put the laptop away by 9 p.m., 
not doing those late nights and making sure I get myself into a routine of whether it's a beach walk. I mean, we're in the beautiful Gold Coast. Why would you not want to walk on the beach here? Getting the sauna and just really looking after myself because, you know, as much as I preach health and wellness to our clients and our team, if I'm not doing the same thing, then it's not making sense. So that's been a huge focus for me this year is getting myself into a great routine so that I'm kind of the best version of myself for my team. Yeah. And sometimes it's so much easier said than done, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, like we know the things that we should do should be an operative word there, right? But sometimes we just don't get to them and it's uh, it's a different thing to actually put it into practice sometimes, um, even though it may be so clear what we need to do. Exactly. And I think it's putting boundaries in place as well, boundaries with your team members on when you are available or not. I think when you're, especially in a startup company, you're kind of covering all bases. So you're making sure you're available at any crazy hour of the day. Now I've got an incredible team around me. I, I can delegate a lot of tasks to them. So it's really just putting those boundaries in that, you know, this is my kind of day that I'm going to work from home and not be distracted and be able to get work done. And yeah. Okay. A couple of years ago, you won Entrepreneur of the Year. And uh, as I shared just before we jumped on, I I resonate with that too. I haven't won the Entrepreneur of the Year Australia, but I was involved in the Melbourne one. And what did it feel like to be recognized in that way after all the work you'd put in? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it was very exciting. I had no idea that I'd win that. I think it was quite rewarding after so many years of hard work, just being recognized in the health and wellness space, medical space was, you know, I was up against some pretty tough competition. So I was very surprised by it, but it obviously got that, our name out there as well, which is really great. Mm. I think as entrepreneurs, you know, a lot of us have that feeling that we put one goal in place, we hit it, and then we make the next one and then make the next one. And I sometimes didn't take a lot of time to reflect back on how far we'd come. So I think that was a kind of a good reflection moment, like we're doing well. So to be able to be recognized for an award like that. Mm, Yeah, I love that. And then into last year, you won uh, Woman Business of the Year. Woman of the Year, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. Like what was involved? Was it a bit different to Entrepreneur of the Year? And and did it mean any any more to you, given it was specifically Women uh, Business of the Year? Yeah. So I was actually on a flight back from Thailand when I won that. So I didn't know until I landed and my flight got delayed. Good old um, flight delays at the moment. So my team went on my behalf. So again, did had no idea I'd win that. Someone nominated me for that. So that was really special to me, I think, because I love helping women in business. You know, that's something, you know, had I have, if I had more time, I'd really focus on. I have a lot of friends that I've helped get into business and it's not something that people know off the top of their head. You know, the basic stuff of how to set up a company, GST, you know, all the basic accounting stuff, the actual how to get started off the ground, I think is what a lot of people don't know how to do. So that was a really special one for me. And um, I think it just triggered a, a real need in me that I need to get you know, get out there and help more people do it. So yeah, use the energy to to keep going. Yeah, I know. And it's, you know, people say it's a man's world and it's changing a lot, but it really still is in business. You know, a lot of the people I deal with that own businesses are men. You know, you are seeing more and more women start businesses, but it's still very one-sided. So Yeah. And to that, like what are some of the challenges you've had to overcome being a woman in business through your experience? 
I think when I first started is people taking you seriously. You know, I think people judge on the way that you look and present yourself that you may not be as smart up here as you actually are. So I think I surprise a lot of people. As soon as I jump into a boardroom or into a meeting, I think people kind of click, okay, you know, she does know what she's talking about. So it's having that confidence. And it took me a while to, you know, have that confidence. I didn't even like public speaking before I started this business, but I had to jump on live TV quite a few times. So that kind of snaps you into it really quick. Um, So it just took years of, you know, building up that confidence. And now I could easily stand up, you know, in front of thousands of people if I needed to. I bet you probably enjoy that if you have to. Yeah, I actually get a bit of a thrill from it. I actually enjoy it. Yeah, nice. Me too. (laughs) I remember um, I had uh, one of my sister's weddings years ago and she wanted me to say something at her wedding and I couldn't even do that. You know, this is about 10 years ago. Couldn't even public speak at a wedding, but now, yeah, wouldn't bend an eyelid at it. (laughs) Love it. Yeah, cool. And there are a lot of women listening to this podcast. In fact, it's predominantly uh, women. What would you say to people who are perhaps... In fact, it's this isn't just specifically to women, just to mm-hmm. anyone who is perhaps doubting their ability or thinking of starting business but not really sure where to start. What would you say to those people? Um, I would say if you don't try, you never know what's going to happen. You know, you have to try. And I failed many times. So, you know, there is a risk of failure. But if you don't try and get up every time you fail, you know, you're never going to get somewhere. I think if someone's going to start a business, find out what that niche is that you want to start, do your research on it, start as a side kind of hustle first at while you still have an income coming through. Once that side hustle takes over your day-to-day income, then you can go all in. I think people that go all in straight away, you know, unless you've got a fantastic, you know, amount of money behind you and um, a fantastic idea, then you can fail quite easily. But I think if it builds up enough, then you can quit your full-time job, then go all in. Absolutely. And don't be scared to ask people that, you know, if you're wanting to start, I don't know, juice company, reaching out to people, owner of Boost Juice, people that work for a company, hey, would you mind if I jumped on the phone with you for 30 minutes? You know, it never hurts to ask. People can only say no, but they might give you some really, really great advice. And I think that build each other up in business as well. I think, especially in Australia, everyone wants to tear you down. You know, you're always going to have competitors, but why not work together and kind of have that mentality? Yeah, I love that. I have been doing a bit of work on the nervous system at the moment and just being able to understand when I'm, unregulated or when I'm regulated. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways I can tell if I'm unregulated is because I see things that our competitors do as a threat. Yeah. And I know that when I'm regulated and I'm calm, I see what they do and I'm like, oh, yes, maybe I should talk to them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think often there's this fear in business that the people are against us and no one wants us to win. And that's partly due to Australian culture as well. But I really love your message there. It's like, just fucking go for it you know, (laughs) and you might get knocked back a bit, but you also might learn some things. Exactly. And if you get knocked back, learn from what you did wrong the first time and do it differently. Again, a lot of people that do fail think I never want to do it again. You know, most successful people have failed many, many times. You only need to look at those statistics. So, Mm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
failing kind of happens every day, really, in business. <laughs> how you learn. You have to <laughs> fail. You, there's something wrong with you if you don't fail at something. Yeah, exactly. And whilst we're in that space, is there anyone that you, like in the business world that you would love the opportunity to chat with in this, like right now at this point in time? Yeah. I mean, there's a few that I've always kind of looked up to. Mark Boris, I watch a lot of his stuff. I think he's amazing. I had the opportunity to meet him in Sydney a couple of years ago. I think even like the owners of Culture Kings, I've watched their story really closely. They just did a crazy sale last year. Um, Lorna Jane, I kind of look up to a lot of people. So I think we've got a lot of great Australian entrepreneurs that probably aren't celebrated as much as they should be. Yeah, and the importance of having those role models in business too, you know, people to look up to and be inspired by. Yeah, and looking back at their starting story as well so that you can kind of, you know, feel like you can relate to them, that they all started somewhere. They all started from nothing. Most people start from their garage or their bedroom or it all starts from somewhere. Love it. Love it. Well, I'm feeling inspired. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Need to go and make some calls. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome. Is there anything else you wanted to share with everyone whilst you have their attention right now, Christy? Anything about Drip IV, things you're working on, anything else inspirational you want to get out there? Sure. I mean, I'll talk a little bit about Drip IV. So we've been operating for four and a half years. We're all over Australia. So you can book directly through our website or give our customer service center a call. We offer free nurse consults. If you're unsure if it's for you, we happily give you a nurse consult over the phone and see if that's something that might you know, benefit any kind of symptoms that you might be experiencing. I think a lot of people wake up every day feeling rubbish and they rely on coffee. That's not how our body's supposed to feel. You're obviously lacking in some form of nutrients. I think our food is so mass produced now that, you know, we were always drilled into us not to have salt added to our food, but we actually need, you know, good salt, Himalayan salt, but we need, you know, all these things that we might be lacking from our diet can actually affect us in the long term. Um, looking out for little symptoms like with your gut health is so important. There's so many people out there that just, I think, are so busy and don't take the time to look after themselves, busy mums, dads, corporates. But if you just take that time to look after yourself, how many other areas of your life it can benefit? All of it. And so people can just find Drip IV online on Instagram? Yeah, dripiv.com.au or we're dripivaus on Instagram and we have a live chat on our Facebook as well and our website. So if you want to answer question, uh, get questions answered, there's always someone available to answer your questions. Amazing. Christy, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review and subscribe to stay up to date with the latest episodes. 